0: well, well, how is everybody doing? And in continuation with our chit chat, I was sitting and I was chit chatting with somebody very, very interesting. But I'm going to let that interesting person give his own introduction in his own words and whatever he wants to let you know. Hey world, let's talk and let's get to know how we think on different different topics and what do we think about what do we chat about when we are sitting together and uh, I am presently in Dehradun it's in Uttarakhand it's a beautiful beautiful place in India and it has lots of uh, these old antique houses etc etc and before I start talking again Let's speak with somebody else. Let's find out who it is.
1: Hello everybody. Hello Tina. It's wonderful talking to you, talking to your wonderful chat. Now before I really begin speaking, uh, Tina would like to give a background of my uh, how I started, uh, how my education part? You see, I was born in a small village, not really a village, uh, a town in UP. Uh, After that, my father was a surgeon. So we shifted to Africa. From there, I joined, came as a foreign student to a school named St. Joseph's. I came here as a border. So I joined as a border. As a kid, I felt totally out of place seeing huge buildings around me, huge plants, huge trees. I felt completely lost, primarily because my parents weren't with me. But gradually I adapted myself to the new environment and then the studies started, the games, the debates, reading newspaper, reading books. So I got lost in the new world. And gradually I felt this life is wonderful. I grew up as a youngster, And very soon I adapted myself to the new environment. And soon I felt that this life is wonderful with all my friends around me. And gradually, uh, I was so imbibed in my work, in my studies, in my games. Uh, Life became so beautiful. Over the years, I felt that as a student, uh, one should at some time in one's life should join a boarding school because otherwise parents keep on pampering you, keep on uh, taunting you. So, the real personality never comes out. Real personality will be when you will be on your own and you are able to take your own decision, matters which will be very meaningful in times to come. And this also instills a lot of confidence in a youngster And this confidence, once created, continues in times to come. I, as a person today, feel that the best years of my life were when I spent in school. I have never forgotten my first teacher, my first friend, uh, and the association I had, the comradeship, being together, being fighting with one another, but being still friends. Religion never mattered. Religion never came in our way. I didn't know who was a Muslim or who was a, or belonged to any caste, Never, it never really mattered. And we were totally, I, I tell you, it was really totally secular and that is what I would say. Secular is mixing up with each other, uh, totally irrespective of what goes around in the world. So, totally being involved in your work. And life was all about friends. After schooling, you choose your career and then it becomes a stepping stone to the next college, professional college and uh, after the professional college you come and join, take up a career which you wish to and as a career, it's been a long, long time since I took up this particular career, Uh, I feel what I learned as a student, as a youngster really stayed with me and it helped me grow up as a person, grow up as a career man and it has helped me always. One thing that really inspired me even today was the confidence and I tell you I get happiness in the confidence I had as a youngster and this confidence was inculcated in me at a very young age and this continues. I'll tell you something. I was in Fremont for a period of two months. I was the oldest student there. I was learning computers, so my teacher's name was Ria. So the two months I spent there, I tell you that was one of my best time because I associated with the youngsters. All they were around in the 20s, and I was in my early 60s that day. It was so wonderful to talk to them, and uh, these youngsters would really stand out. But the answers that I gave were totally different because I never looked into the Google. I never. Asked for any help looking into Google for answers, never, I've never done that in my life
0: But I'm sure they also must have really had a wonderful time because you know I feel it's very very important not to be just biologically young but to be young at heart and that is something which should continue and that actually gives confidence to a lot of people and uh, you know when you are in, in the company of youngsters or old people whosoever they should be they should be drawn to the the vibrance and the vitality and the energy which which you know you give out and that can only come from within and if you are young at heart or if you'd never let the kid inside you die and you let it uh, roam around free throughout your life no matter how big and how successful you've become in your life. I think that is something which will eventually keep you happy because that innocence. That naivety, that thing is something which will always bring you back from whichever uh, despairful position you ever reach in life due to the new kind of stresses, the new kind of challenges, the new kind of environment a person encounters in the process of growing up. So what do you think? I think think you, you know what I'm talking about.
1: I know exactly what you're talking about Tina. You know, the stress part is always there. Stress doesn't leave you, and you don't leave the stress. But how you deal with the stress, that's very, very important. How you deal with it. I tell you, I as an individual, I have always felt that I must not involve myself to a limit where the stress overtakes me. Primary factor is that stressful yes anything could be stressful when i'm arguing a matter and i happen not to answer a particular question there is a certain amount of stress but it doesn't matter you are not going to win all cases you are not going to lose any cases but the work factor and your private life should never be mixed number one and the stress should be momentary and not should it should not last for long the stress should be just thrown away and you go to push yourself to make yourself happy Now, happiness comes when you are not stressed and nothing really haunts you. Uh, You take life as it comes. And I tell you, you will be a wonderful professional, a wonderful friend, a wonderful father, a wonderful grandfather or a son, whatever. So all these things will come when you take life the way it comes and not the way you want it. Just adapt yourself. The adaptability factor has to be and should continue so that you be a good listener and don't force your answers. If you are a good listener, you will find more friends. If you force yourself on others, your friends will gradually be minimum. So this is over the years what I've felt is be a good listener and adapt yourself to the environment that that comes on your way and be friendly, don't force your way into anything irrespective of what the matter is.
0: There was something very interesting you were talking about in which uh, if you recall I was telling you I had to run away from a couple of my friends who used to just keep bragging and talking about their own selves, their own achievements, their own, I mean like they were just blowing their own trumpet all the time. So this also is a very, very important factor that you need to actually let other people also speak highly about them, their selves, their own selves. Instead of just thinking and uh, talking about your own self, we need to create a world in which, you know, uh, the happiness is shared, the glory is shared, isn't it? So you've right. come across a lot of excellent, people Excellent, like
1: excellent, excellent. You're absolutely right, Tina. You know, I'll just narrate an incident. Uh, after Particular matter which I had just addressed before the court. So I was coming with a lawyer, and this lawyer kept on bragging about how great he is, how he's won this case and then that case. After walking for some time, another two friends come. They asked me what's he saying. I said he's been just bragging about himself, and uh, there's nothing much. So what I felt was that if I brag. And gradually those two people left and I also left because then a person who keeps on bragging about himself, he'll he'll have no friends at all. So that's what is important is to have friends, be a good listener, don't brag. Everything knows about, everybody knows about you, you know everything about others. So mix up, make conversation interesting rather than boring because when you brag you become uh, a boring person and boredom develops. Yes.
0: I know exactly that. So I came across a lot of people who've done that. But you know, we being uh, from uh, those kind of households, we are we're supposed to be polite. But sometimes that politeness is like just wanting to break the door and, uh, you know, just <laughs> change the air and just let them know and give them a piece of your own mind. It's like, oh my God, I've had enough. I've had enough of that talk about you. How about uh, having a two-way conversation, you know? But... And those are the people who actually keep talking about the fact that, you know, they want company and they want to be around people. But when uh, people do extend that uh, extra, you know, they they take out their precious time and they go across and they, you know, because there are nice people in the world who take out time for others. But eventually, you know, how much can you stress to a good person or, or their patience? So, um... That is another thing which one must learn over the years, you know, not just uh, when they are uh, being uh, in school and getting educated. Even then, to be a good fellow classmate, to be a good sports person, I think this thing uh, continues in every manner, every form, every step of life. Even if you uh, become a, you know, the other day I was talking to somebody and they were talking about this uh, very, very famous doctor here in Deradun and uh, he just told me he says you know but uh, that doctor speaks very minimal you know if you ask him a question and he doesn't want to answer that question he will not answer i said but that's that's wrong i said then that doctor actually needs a medicine for that he might be a very very famous person but then he's not being a very good person as as a as a healer because why does a person go to a doctor aadhi <laughs> doctor that he is a person who 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 is a person. doctor is not going to Alright, maybe he's famous because he has been very, very educated and he gives the right medicine and he doesn't overcharge. He has those uh, what he call these attributes to him. But this is a majorly very, very weak point, I consider. Be it in any profession, if you're not a polite person, if you're not making the other person feel good and comfortable, if you have you not go to doctor. So, if you what's the deal, man? I don't think I would hold that person in high esteem. So have you also come across these kind of people ever?
1: Well, well, uh, Tina, to tell you frankly, I have come across a number of people uh, with different tastes, with different, uh, and these tastes uh, or these environment also uh, come ac- uh, when I come across these individuals. When I also look back, why does a particular person, whether be he be a doctor, he speaks very little, minimal, and uh, ultimately uh, he wants to speak but is unable to do. One factor is it. Second is. He deliberately does not speak because he doesn't want to speak. He wants to be a listener. Thirdly, he's unable to speak or join the conversation because he is a doctor but not well-read and widely read as far as factors which are required to be gone into. So, I would say, Tina, there are various factors under which a person may speak. Maybe he's a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer. So, as an individual, I feel one should be able to be aware of one's environment and by doing so, one should be well-read and one should keep one's ears always open, should speak up and should be able to answer any question at any point of time, uh, whether it concerns its profession or, or not. That is totally immaterial. That's the way one should do it. Now, this is nothing to do with what I'm going to just narrate, a very small incident. I was asked to speak at a particular function in a place known as Doha in Qatar so I was to sp- the gathering was of children totally children young children from class 4 to class 10 so one particular child while I was speaking that child said sir i want to be a librarian but my father wants me to be a doctor Now I had to tell this child that whether what she was saying was right or not right. So I thought for a second, I said you are absolutely right, you are in class 7th, you want to become a librarian, but you realise child, when you will be class 8th, you may want to become a scientist, when you go to class 9th, you may want to become an Air Force Officer, when you go to class 10, you may want to become a lawyer. I said, your father is your best friend, he will never misguide you, he will always guide you. And then a father, maybe he wanted to be a doctor, he couldn't make it, he wants his child to be a doctor. And secondly, he wants the best profession for one's daughter. So I said, your father is not your enemy. So in case you want to really be a librarian, librarian, being a librarian is a wonderful profession. If I were to think of a profession, I'll tell you, teacher's profession is the best profession There's nothing better than becoming a teacher. So that's the way. And the father came the day following and he hugged me. He said, sir, you gave a wonderful answer. I said, but this is the answer one should give to one's child. Let the child grow the way one wants to. Because once you allow the child to grow and to think about what one wants to become, what one wants to associate with. So these are the factors which will ultimately uh, make the child successful or not. If you force a subject on a child, it will be difficult for the child to just hang on. Sooner or later, the child will say, even if he becomes a doctor, he'll say, I want you to be a librarian. So let the child grow. I would say not only let the child grow, let anybody grow. There are people who have actually grown up, but still they are kids because they're not really grown within. So Tina, I personally feel as, as an individual, one should speak one's mind. Ultimately, what is important is a factor that I would relate to happiness and anything that gives you happiness, just do it. Don't think of another day, just do it today, tomorrow will never be there.
0: Okay, great, I think that's a, that's a very, very good thought and um, now that we are chit-chatting, um, we in fact were talking about so many so many various topics before I started recording what we were talking about that um, you know there was something very very important and which has again uh, cropped up in my mind in which i uh, really um, wanted uh, how, how do we address you uh, just <laughs> Call me the name just call me. kavul g g asing asing i think asing sounds very very interesting oh, just sing, mr singh mr singh singh is king <laughs> 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 all right so two topics which I would love to have a conversation about uh, with uh, Mr. Singh is one, that during the lockdown, I'm sure he has loads of friends who came and confided in him. Uh, during the lockdown, what did he discover about the uh, the inner lives, the inner turmoils people were going through? One, so we'll talk on this topic. We'll touch a bit on this. And secondly, because he's from this beautiful, beautiful city of Dehradun, I want him to give all my listeners because I know my listeners are from all across the continent, the world, which surprised me also. I was like, who knows me in North Korea? Who knows me in Switzerland? And who are these people who are listening to me? And believe me, that gave me immense happiness. So there are a lot of people in the world who've never probably heard of the city of Deradun. So after talking about the turmoils or or the struggles which people went through During this uh, year of 2020, which would be remembered in history uh, regarding the COVID uh, virus and what people had to undergo, how they had to stop doing things which were uh, a part of their daily routine and their daily life, which they just took you know, as as a as a normal routine thing and everything had to be changed. So after that, I would really like you to talk about the city of Dehradun and what is the beauty, what is this thing uh, that draws people to the city and makes them stay there and, and what is it that gives them immense happiness. I, for one, I love going for a walk. I love looking at those beautiful, old, uh, huge, huge um, houses with those uh, lovely verandas in which one can sit out in the evening on those cane chairs and chit-chat with neighbours and the silence and the quietness when, of course, the traffic has stopped. And then after that, I love seeing the greenery around. It's as if these trees have been there for ages, years and years, and they've witnessed so much. And I'm sure you're also one of those old trees who's witnessed so much. (laughs) So let's hear it from you.
1: Okay, Tina, first I'm going to answer the first question we put in. This is during the lockdown period. Now, lockdown period, we've never experienced this lockdown period ever since my existence. Well, this was a trying moment. A lot of adaptability factor moved in. Uh, There were other matters also which had to be dealt with. The first was remaining indoors. Now, while remaining indoors, I the profession that I am involved in, that is the legal profession. So there were lots of questions and queries about various matters. And they asked me what should be done. People felt they are going to die very soon. So the fear was there, the first fear was there, how to overcome the fear. Number one, I'm not a doctor or a psychologist. But they said, do we write a will, prepare ourselves to die? I said, as far as writing a will, that's very important. And then the question came, how to write a will? I told them, writing a will is the easiest thing. Number one, it has to be in writing. Number two, will is nothing but an expression of one's desire. What all you want to do with your properties, with what for your loved ones and even for the ones which you don't love, but you still want to give them, you do it. But this particular document has to be witnessed by two individuals. So these are factors, and if you write a will in your hand, it is known as a holograph. So the best way, is, since you are sitting there, just complete the property matter and write on the will. So this was one of the questions which came up almost on daily basis during the lockdown period. Now the second question that comes up during the lockdown period is people's problems re- relating to litigation. The litigation was kept, but so the. Uh, litigation wouldn't proceed because the courts weren't functioning people weren't moving around from one place to the other so how to handle this so i said it's not at all difficult if the schools can be uh, run or you can have online classes the so why don't we have virtual courts and then the real process started the virtual courts and i really enjoyed i tell you i have never worked so much in my life and i've never of course, I, in the process I earned also, but I was reasonable in my earning process. But most important was that I was constructively occupied. Now, being constructively occupied and also earning in the process, that took hold of the entire lockdown process and it's continuing. And today I feel that was really wonderful. And how it really happened was that I was able to adapt myself to the new environment, to the new change. And that's what human nature is. If you adapt yourself to the new environment, well and good, otherwise you lag behind and you'll remain behind. So in order to proceed and to walk with others, you got to adapt yourself. And in a sense, you're able to walk and walk ahead. Or at least if not ahead, at least walk with them. And in the process, you're able to earn your bread and earn a living plus your occupied. Now, this is all that I experienced about the lockdown period. Now, the second part of the question, Dina, that you asked me was, about the city of Dehradun. Now city of Dehradun is really a valley surrounded by hills there's Masuri, the hill stations, hill yeah, it's we have hills all over uh, and the environment is wonderful, it's absolutely clean, there's no pollution it's a zero pollution city uh, Is it? Uh, yes, 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 that's true uh, now in Diwali, like just experience, if you just have a glimpse what's going on in Delhi you'll find it's absolutely difficult to breathe in Delhi so what you're breathing is poison so here at least the breathing process is so good you're breathing fresh air. so and uh, Dehradun is fresh it's full of greeneries and even in my own house I have lots of flowers lots of plants So it makes me gives me happiness it gives me uh, relaxation so, when, so once when one is relaxed and one is able to do the best in one's profession is that and that gives you happiness. So while you're working you're happy the environment of Daradun adds into your happiness. So this is what is special about Daradun. During this period I should have gone to U.S. at least twice but I did not and I tell you I have not missed anything. This environment is beautiful, wonderful and I would tell this young beautiful lady that she should come here and have more of these chats because I really enjoyed chatting and I've enjoyed my communication with her, it's really wonderful talking to her and there will be much more to it while she's here and I promise it's going to be beautiful, beautiful conversation as far as she's concerned and she's a wonder girl. All my best wishes to her and God bless this wonderful girl.
0: Thank you, thank you so much, thank you so much for having this wonderful conversation which of course is with an invisible audience you know but wasn't that crazy I mean that's what I love about it that you can just keep talking and you never know who's listening to us and how does it affect those people that is something something—the beauty of conversations and good conversations that it helps people who would probably not even you have never even you're never gonna come across them in your lives probably you know so you're reaching out reaching out is so important during these kind of times or any kind of times I think that is why we we must all reach out to each other and I think that is also the essence of these uh, festivals which we celebrate in our country Um, I just spoke to one of my neighbor and she told me she reached out to this neighbor who they were at loggerheads with each other and she went across so that was also you know this is the time we take we we make it special because we kind of say that chalo Diwali hai we are all in the same place, we connect, we connect, we let bygones be bygones. But I think that should be something in life. Diwali is rose. It's a celebrate It's happiness. Yes, Diwali is nothing, nothing but, but, but happiness.
1: happiness and yeah. spreading happiness, that's what Diwali is all about. Yes. Uh, I as a person, I have enjoyed, I feel Diwali should be celebrated every day, there should be happiness every day in one's life and we go to just throw unhappiness and live life as it comes and live it properly and effectively and with full happiness and full vigor. That's uh, I have always depended on and I will continue to ensure that I remain happy and make my environment happy. So, my message today for all of you is that be happy, make others happy and live and let live all. So you spread happiness. That's the message today I want to give each and everybody who's listening today.
0: Yes, thank you so much. And I'm going to um, end the conversation with something which just came up in my mind. Like I was saying like Diwali, you know, we were talking about Diwali and we were kind of putting it... uh, putting the essence of Diwali um, in the forefront so uh, why I said that we should celebrate Diwali every day was because you know even in our daily routines we do the entire process routine of getting up, waking up, freshening up, making food, eating food but there's one thing which remains constant in our households which is when it's nighttime or it's early morning we take out the rubbish. We take out the rubbish and we put it outside on a daily basis and it gets taken away and then we are ready for a new day I think that is exactly what we should be doing in our lives also yes it is not an easy task because routine is something else and actual characteristics personality traits basic nature human nature in which we have fear anger ego um, uh, jealousy everything everything is there it's just like cooking a, a meal with lots of ingredients but by the end of it if you are able to cook a good meal And we are able to enjoy it and uh, we are able to finish the day on on a good uh, note or we are able to start a day on a good note. I think we all need to really, really work towards that. With that, I would wish everybody a very, very happy uh, season's greetings and we have a lot of things to look forward to. Let's look forward to those good things. And as uh, Mr. Singh said, let us have that vigor and that... uh, positivity and let's spread it let's spread the joy and enjoy yourselves i hope you enjoy this chat and while i'm here i'm in Deradun right now i'm going to have more conversations whenever he's ready and he's always ready you know i didn't really give him much time which was great <laughs> because that that shows that i knew that he can really really talk on the spot that that is my confidence in him <laughs> So we are going to talk more on any topic, let me see, let me see, let me see when it happens and you guys wait for more, till then, enjoy your day, what's left of it, bye-bye. Well, it's a beautiful sunny Saturday afternoon here and I'm trying to soak in a bit of the sun as i've got a little bit of cold of course the winter has finally set in and uh, the change of temperature has uh, made quite a few people after diwali fall a little unwell and sick and there's been snow up above the mountains in the higher reaches and then we all have been waiting for the winter but now that it's finally coming in some of us were not really really prepared for it but anyhow I'm still enjoying the beauty of Dehradun and today I have for my listeners another very very interesting person in a dialogue with me and um, he is uh, very well known for one of his uh, passions in life and I want him to introduce himself. He is Dr. Manoj Panjiani from Dehradun and uh, I would like him to talk about his accolades in life and most particularly his passion in life for which he is well renowned so over to dr manoj panjani
2: yes i am manoj panjani i am manoj panjani and uh, i am i am a phd in history from delhi university taught uh, gandhian thought at uh, Jawaharlal Nehru University for five and a half years and uh, then I lost my job and then you know I devoted time to my another passion that is films made about 70 documentaries on film technicians and for the last 12 years I have been working for an organization known as the Doon Library and Research Center have uh, published uh, uh, three books of mine have been published uh, by the uh, by the center one is on uh, a multifarious film personality called prayag raj i mean he has served cinema in capacities of an actor of a lyricist writer director and uh, even he is a playback singer. If one all know the song Chahe Mujhe Koi Jangli Kahe, but Yahoo explanation was made by him. Then another book of mine has been on Second World War and Hindi cinema. And one book I edited in Hindi on the Allahabad Coffee House, famous for its literary discussions and gatherings of uh, writers. Well then, recently I have completed another book on a 117 year old institution of Deradun, a girls college, Mahadevi Kanya Paatshala. It started in 1902 and now it's completed 117 years. And uh, then There are 70 documentaries on film technicians. So, well, that is all I can say about myself. Now, just something uh, to be noticed in recent times concerning the information explosion and how it has impacted the lives of our small towns. Now see small towns are no longer small towns and something very interesting it is reflected in our in some of the recent films like uh, Bareli ki barfi uh, this uh, another the recent uh, Remake of B.I.C.O.P.L.A.S. Pati Patni, or Woh can't call it a remake. It's a totally different story. The story was set in in Kanpur and Lucknow. Bareli Ki Barfi, as the title suggests, was uh, set in Bareli. Again, there is another film, Shadi Mein Zarur ana, that is also In between, the story moves between Lucknow and Kanpur, Bala, that is also a story set between Lucknow and Kanpur. There was another, Dham Laga Ke Haisha, that was set in Haridwar and Rishikesh. So, the list goes on and all these films are successful. There is yes one more film Sui Daga which was also set in a small town. So the reason is that you know the info because of the information explosion, people have access to all kinds of information. They can do their business online. So staying in a small town is not exactly a disadvantage. You can sort of you know mail your you know through emails now there is uh, through whatsapp video calls your location does not matter so you know I mean somebody so small towns are changing and one reason why the sort of you know the reason for the big divide between small what divided What made a town small and what made a town big was basically access to information. Some people staying in a metropolitan city had access to information which you know person even staying say uh, 65 kilometers away may not have that uh, access.
0: Also, talking about uh, this thing that uh, you are referring to the small town and the big town differences. So basically, we've seen a lot of people who become successful in life have actually come from small towns only and they had very less, less exposure.
2: No, the thing is that earlier people made it big from moving from a small town to a metropolitan city. I mean, everybody went to a metro. to sort of, you know, enjoy the opportunities, take advantage of the opportunities. Now those opportunities exist in the small towns. So you do not have to change your location. In fact, I'll talking about myself, like I used to, I made 70 documentaries on film technicians. And I had weekly programs from 1997 to 2000, I had weekly programs, and
0: I... Yes, uh, now this is something which I really wanted uh, you to talk about because this is very, very interesting. But what we are going to do is, we are going to talk about this in my next segment so that all my listeners will actually wait with bated breath because this is something very very interesting and a little bit of secrets also should be kept i think dr manoj panjani because i've been wanting to write a story about your life your life journey (laughs) so no no i found it very interesting especially the way um, you know you uh, remember so many intricate details about so many people and so many incidents uh, which are related to the uh, film industry and we call you all the so it's, it's very very interesting to know that a person uh, follows uh, it so passionately and remembers so many things about uh, you, the other day you were showing me um, you know, the pictures and the write-ups which you had put an exhibition about so why don't we just talk about the exhibition And in the next segment, we'll talk about your personal journey to Bollywood also. But for that, my listeners will have to wait for the next segment. For now, I want you to talk about the exhibition you had held.
2: Actually, it all started in in 2013. I mean, I was uh, 100 years, India was celebrating 100 years of Indian cinema. And uh, suddenly, you know, somebody from the press uh, rang me and said that, you know, it's uh, the hundred years of uh, Indian cinema and what are you doing to sort of, you know, celebrate the event? So very hurriedly, I said, okay, come to my office within two hours. And then I asked our librarian, sir, who unfortunately is no more Mr. Saxena for a huge glass. To be, you know, which is put on the table, and then I hurriedly put up some pictures and, you know, placed the glass on the table, and uh, then it, the celebrations went on for one month, and I, you know, like found more and more pictures. Then, you know, once the space on the table was limited, then I picked up cardboards from my office, you know, cardboards, I pasted, pics on them and this is how then later on I put up that exhibition on in World Integrity Center, Dehradun. There were about 1000 pictures only about film technicians. So starting from actually 1896 when the first show was held at the Bombay's Watson Hotel, it's very interesting that in 1894 cinema is discovered and there is a film show within two years in India. So that is one technology which we took uh, wholeheartedly then between 1900 and 1896 to around to 1913. People were holding shows through a device of magic lantern patwardhan brothers from maharashtra they would you know hold uh, sh- magic lantern shows in uh, usually mythological tales what was that about mythological tales i mean through the device of uh, magic lantern okay. and i've never heard of
0: it
2: so and, I, I and know finally it. actually like you know there was the oldest uh, cinema theatre in India was the Chaplin Theatre in Kolkata, now it has closed down. So that was the first uh, cinema hall set up in India. I mean, we were not making films, but films from abroad were being shown. And in 1913, of course, we had the Dada Sahab Falke makes Raja Harish Chandra, that is also another mythological tale. The first feature film in India, it was shown at the King Edward Theatre in Bombay, as you know, that time it was known as Bombay, Mumbai was known as Bombay. So, 18 years the films were silent, generally, most of the films were on sort of you know tales of Indian mythology. So, they were mythological tales, and uh, we were so. 18 years it was, films were silent. Mythological tales, then there were tales about, you know, fantasies. So, about 18 years it was, uh, films were silent, then 31 films started talking. And the first talkie, as we all know, was Alamara, made by Ardeshir Arirani. So that was in 1931, and eventually we became now, India produces the largest number of films and uh, around, we have around 1000 releases every year and uh, maximum number of films, you know, they are made in Tamil and Telugu. Uh, the Hindi films come at, at number three okay. and sort of, you know, so South India has a very robust uh, film industry, you see Most of the stars of uh, South Indian cinema, you know, they have went on to have very long political careers. I mean, Andhra, Karnataka, they had uh, film stars, uh, chief ministers. I mean, uh, not Karnataka, sorry, Andhra and Tamil Nadu uh, had film stars as chief ministers. So that is that another, like M. Karuna Nidhi, he was a screenwriter of Tamil films. So he was what uh, Salim Javed were to Amitabh Bachchan, Karuna Nidhi was to M.G. Ramchandran, the, the superstar of uh, Tamil films. And then of course, they became rivals in politics. But you know, that is how it goes on. lot of, uh, I mean, Anand Nag, Shankar Nag. They were film stars from Kannur, and uh, in uh, Malayalam, Prem Nazir. So they all have a film connection. So that is uh, that about uh, four years.
0: So um, uh, Panjani Ji, actually, uh, frankly speaking, I don't think in today's uh, the, the today's generation and like people like us really know all this uh, these. Uh, important details about you know the yester years especially when you were talking about uh, the silent films and how long they were and how the first film came in it was very very interesting for me to hear because I do I think we are all bereft of all that history about the um, yester years of Indian cinema one and two uh, like this detail which you gave like uh, that you know uh, Indian uh, Hindi uh, movies and Hindi Hindi cinema comes in third position and the south has uh, taken over the race So uh, any 40 years 40 years before So basically like uh, what could be the reason for it? No,
2: I mean you see it is very